You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. The godfather of college football, Phil Steele, is going to join us. We'll talk all things SEC with him, get his thoughts on just about every team across the SEC. Of course, his season preview guide is now on newsstands. Big transfer news across the SEC as Georgia wide receiver Demetrius Robertson announced he is headed to Auburn and LSU offensive tackle Dare Rosenthal is headed to Kentucky. We'll give you the latest there and some big recruiting news around the conference as well. We'll get to that. I am Chris Gordy. Be sure to follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this show as soon as it comes out. All right, let's jump into it. A lot to cover. Let's go around the conference. Around the conference. Georgia wide receiver Demetrius Robertson has made the decision to stay in the SEC and he will face his former team this season on the field. Robertson announced yesterday his commitment to the Auburn Tigers. Robertson will have just one season of eligibility remaining. He is a Georgia native. Started his career at Cal, and after two seasons in the Pac-12, he transferred to Athens, where he's been the last few years. During his time at Georgia, Robertson caught 42 balls for 443 yards and three touchdowns. Also had 160 rushing yards and a touchdown. Robertson was rated as the number one's, uh, the nation's number one receiver coming out of 2016. Auburn will host Georgia in Jordan-Hare Stadium this season on October 9th, so circle that date on your calendar. I'm sure Bo Nix is ecstatic to get another passing weapon to throw the ball to. Another big transfer in the SEC yesterday came as former LSU starting offensive tackle Dare Rosenthal made the decision to stay in the SEC as well. Many had uh, him going to Baylor as a possibility as the former LSU defensive coordinator Dave Aranda is there. But the big man made the decision to transfer to Kentucky as reported by Matt Jones of Kentucky Sports Radio. This offseason, Rosenthal passed on the opportunity to leave LSU early for the draft, but a little over a week ago, he made the decision to leave after LSU, to leave LSU after reportedly violating school policies that may have resulted in a suspension or more. So prior to that news, he hit the transfer portal, and uh, now he'll be headed to Kentucky. He was projected to be the starting left tackle for LSU this year, so we'll see where he fits in on the Kentucky O-line. Recruiting news, we know Tennessee head coach Josh Heupel loves him some speed, and that's what he's getting in his latest commitment. Alabama native Marcarius White just announced his commitment to Tennessee, giving the Vols their first commitment from a receiver. He's 5'10", 155 pounds, rated as a three-star prospect, the number 68 receiver in the country. Also runs track at his high school, blazing speed. Following White's addition, Tennessee's recruiting class now has nine commitments. One of the nation's highest-rated uncommitted linebacker prospects made his announcement yesterday during a live ceremony broadcast by CBS Sports. Four-star Florida linebacker Demario Tolan officially committed to LSU. He's a four-star prospect, the number 27 linebacker prospect in the country. Following the news, LSU now has 13 commitments in the 2022 class. LSU's class currently ranks as the best in the SEC, number four in the country. Brian Harson's program at Auburn currently experiencing a nice wave of momentum. The Tigers just picked up their third commitment in the past few days. Auburn's run started 
a few days ago, landing the elite kicker prospect Alex McPherson. Then they picked up tight end Micah Riley Ducker out of Nebraska. As he shared the news on Wednesday, he's six foot six, 235 pounds, had 29 scholarship offers. He's the number three uh, Nebraska or recruit from the state of Nebraska, the number 15 tight end in the country. And he will be heading to Auburn over the likes of Mizzou, Ole Miss, and Tennessee. Third guy Auburn picked up is a legacy. Caleb Wooden announced his commitment on Thursday morning. He's the younger brother of Auburn D lineman Colby Wooden. He's from the state of Georgia, rated as a three-star prospect and the number 57 safety in the country. So after those three, Auburn now has six commitments for the 2022 recruiting cycle. Texas A&M Aggies, they picked up a kicker in Washington native Ethan Mazulski. He announced his commitment to Jimbo Fisher's school uh, program on Wednesday. Back in May, he was announced as one of the specialists set to participate in the 2022 All-American Bowl. event does not give out many invites as the All-Star event only opens its doors to 100 prospects every year, so he must be pretty darn good. And over at Arkansas, they continue to pick up some momentum as they picked up their 15th commitment already for this recruiting cycle. A number ties Arkansas for the most co- commitments in the SEC for this recruiting cycle. The latest commitment to Sam Pittman's program comes from Georgia native Tyrus Megatron Washington. He is created as a three-star tight end, six foot four, 230 pounds, rated as the nation's number 28 tight end prospect. His addition, Arkansas jumps Missouri in the rankings up to the number 16 best class in 2022. Other football notes, South Carolina Gamecocks, they may be planning to break out some throwback uniforms this season. First-year head coach Shane Beamer was recently spotted hinting at the return of a throwback helmet in a recent photo that came out in a tweet from their social media account. And it hints at something new or old returning to williams Bryce. It's tough to tell given the short clip, but that's probably the point. It looks like Beamer is holding a classic South Carolina Gamecock helmet. Over at Georgia, three of their assistant coaches have reportedly received contract extensions. According to the Athens Banner Herald, Kirby Smart assistants, offensive line coach Matt Luke, co-DC Glenn Schumann, and D-line coach Trace, Trey Scott all agreed to one-year contract extensions earlier this year. That means Matt Luke is now under contract through June of 2024, while Schumann and Scott remain signed through the 2022 season. Matt Luke will make close to $900,000 per year. Georgia, they added to their non-conference schedule for 2031. The Bulldogs picked up FCS program Western Carolina in 2031, but check this out. That year, Georgia is scheduled to open the season at Ohio State. And they were also scheduled to play Oklahoma in Athens the week after the Western Carolina tune-up. And then they'll, of course, still continue their rivalry game against Georgia Tech. That is quite a non-conference schedule for the Bulldogs. But with it being 10 years away, we'll see if something changes before then. John Bryce over at Football Scoop, he's reporting that Notre Dame is hiring Dre Brown away from Tennessee. Brown was the Vols' director of recruiting According to Football Scoop, he will be in an offensive analyst slash recruiting-centric role for Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. Bryce calls it a striking blow to the Tennessee staff. Dre Brown held the title of recruiting coordinator at Tennessee, played running back at Illinois from 2015 to 2019. Another Georgia note, their quarterback JT Daniels has decided to hire a marketing agency when it comes to the NIL. 
Daniels recently shared on his Instagram account that he has signed with Everett Sports Marketing. Signing with an agency seems to be the way to go for some of the big names across the SEC. Alabama's Bryce Young also signed with an agency to handle his NIL deals. Speaking of NIL deals, several Arkansas offensive linemen tweeted out this week the hashtag body by BBQ as Wright's Barbecue made the decision to sponsor several of Sam Pittman's crew. The deal started out with uh, the off- Arkansas offensive line, quickly turned, turned into a sponsorship that spanned multiple sports, including baseball and women's basketball. Wright's Barbecue has multiple locations in the Arkansas area. And I saw another guy, Dalton Wagner, tweeting out uh, about Wright's Barbecue. He said, no one knows quality barbecue like an O-lineman. So good for those guys. One more football note. I saw that the LSU Golden Band from Tigerland will not be traveling to UCLA for their season opener this year because of budget cuts due to COVID. They will travel to SEC games as normal, but the full band uh, for the season opener at UCLA, they will not be making that trip. So tough news there for some LSU fans. Uh, LSU baseball, they did hire a Dallas Baptist associate head coach and recruiting coordinator Dan Fitzgerald. He will be the Tigers' new recruiting coordinator under Jay Johnson on the baseball side of things. And who will replace Tim Tebow on the SEC Network's Fan Nation if Tim Tebow were to make the roster for the Jaguars? Well, Kentucky linebacker Cash Daniel, of course, he played there several years back. He was on an episode of the Saturday Down South podcast with Connor O'Gara, and he said he wants to throw his name into that. He said, I'm a guy who knows football inside and out. I'm a football junkie. I have great charisma. They've got some great people over there at the SEC Network, and it would be an unbelievable opportunity. I would enjoy going to work there every day. So we'll see. First things first, I think he's got to make the – or Tim Tebow's got to make the Jaguars. But if he does, Cash Daniel may be an option to fill in for him. All right, that is around the conference. When we return, we're going to catch up with the godfather of college football. Phil Steele joins us next. Quick minute here for Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. NBA Finals still going on, and you can get in on the action at betonline.ag. They got the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs. Don't sit on the sidelines. This is your chance to get into the action. Head over to their website on your mobile device. You can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Use the promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up. Get a 50% welcome bonus over at BetOnline. Do so on your laptop, your mobile device. Check out all their great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information BetOnline.ag, they are your online sportsbook experts. Right along here, Locked On SEC, and real excited to talk with this next guy. We call him the godfather of college football. His magazine is on newsstands now. The Phil Steele College Football Preview. Over 350 full-color pages of stats, trends, returning starters, even Phil's forecast. The most comprehensive college football preview guide out there, philsteele.com. You can get the digital copy or go get your hands on the paper copy out there right now. Phil, welcome in, man. How are you? Hey, I am doing great, Chris. How about yourself today? We're doing good. I, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now, Phil, where I have vo- I have volume 15 all the way through 26 last year, so I assume this is volume 27 out right now. 
Yeah, volume 27. That first one, Chris, you may not have seen it back in uh, 1995, was black and white. It was on newsprint, <laughs> and uh, it only was uh, about 188 pages. So we've oh. gotten bigger and better every single year, and uh, uh, it's it's been over a quarter of a century. It's hard to believe. <laughs> well, you've been doing it for a long time, and you're one of the best out there. Before we get into discussing some of the SEC teams and what to expect, how difficult was it this year for you to put this thing together with the transfer portal? I mean, it just continues to change the landscape of things, and I feel like as soon as you go to print, boom, there's a handful of guys entering the portal and kind of changing rosters up. How, how difficult was that this year? Well, I'll tell you what, Chris – Speaking of difficult for the magazine, I'd say last year was definitely the most difficult. With the, you know, first year head coaches talking to them, and they really had no knowledge of the players on their team, and it was it was a tough putting it out. And the schedules got switched. But this year, with the transfer portal, the the beautiful thing is we went to the press later than everybody else. We went to the press. Our last day was June fifteenth, wow. and we were actually able to capture all the transfers. And let me give you an example of one. Uh, Luke McCaffrey was playing with Nebraska last year, and then he transferred to Louisville. Well, at the end of May, McCaffrey hits a portal. Now, we're tracking the portal every day and updating our pages, uh, and it's like, oh, I don't think we're going to find out where McCaffrey went. But then, lo and behold, on June 13th, Coach Bloomgren of Rice gives me a call and says, uh, Phil, we got Luke McCaffrey. He's coming here. <laughs> and so we were able to put him in the page as the starting quarterback, rewrite the quarterback position, rewrite the offense position, rewrite the total forecast for the team, and still get it to the press on June 15th. And since June 15th, there's been very little uh, transfer portal action. So I, I think we've got it pretty much all up to date as of June 15th. And the portal pretty much closed July 1st because that's, that's the time that uh, – it ended where you get to, to play immediately. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And my, my buddy Andy Kalu very excited that uh, as a Rice alum that they've got a good quarterback now coming in there. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to hit on every SEC team, Phil, but I do want to hit on some of the big ones. Let's start with Georgia. High expectations for them. Everything they return. JT Daniels at quarterback. What are your thoughts on the, the Bulldogs this season? I think they're the clear-cut favorites to win the East for two reasons. Uh, first of all, you have to look at the overall talent. They have my number three-rated defense in the country. You touched on JT Daniels. He's a guy that last year uh, was sort of banged up coming into the season, didn't take over the starting job to the final four games. But when he did take over, uh, they averaged 37 points per game. He's got uh, my number two set of running backs in the country to hand off to, my number seven-rated offensive line, number two-rated defensive line. They're a loaded team. And then the schedule. Uh, if you look at the SEC schedule, you know, some years Georgia gets three SEC road games, but then the next year they get three SEC home games. Well, it's their year for the three SEC road games uh, with Florida being at a neutral site. Their other road games, by the way, are against Vanderbilt, Auburn, and Tennessee. All have first-year head coaches this year. So I look at Georgia. They play Clemson out of the box. They're loaded on both offense and defense. Uh, if they upset Clemson, if they're only a small underdog in that one, uh, they'll be favored in all the rest of their games. They'll be favored in all the rest of their games regardless. And the last three times they've played Alabama, they've played them tough, including last year. I know they lost that game uh, to Bama last year uh, by uh, 17 points, but they actually led late in the third quarter. And uh, the previous two meetings in the postseason, they led almost the entire game against Alabama and just came up short. So I think Georgia's a legitimate playoff contender this year. 
Yeah, no offense to Stetson Bennett, but I think a lot of people would have liked to have seen what JT Daniels could have done in that game uh, against Alabama. Um, Speaking of Alabama, Phil, every year they lose a ton, and every year I say, well, maybe this is the year they take a step backward, and they just never seem to do that. Nick Saban continues to recruit better than anyone. Even with all the new faces in Tuscaloosa, is it safe to just pencil them in right back into the playoff? Yeah, that's where I've got them is uh, making a playoff this year and once again. I'm really going out on a limb there, huh, huh Chris? <laughs> uh, when when you when you take a look at Bama, they lose two first round draft picks at wide receiver. They lose a first round draft pick at quarterback. They lose three offensive linemen. Oh, that's what they lost last year too, and yet they came <laughs> back with with all those losses and put up 48.5 points per game. Now, I don't know if they'll be that explosive this year. Uh, Bryce Young doesn't have quite the experience Mac Jones had heading into last year, but they do have a deep set of running backs. The receiving core, always great. Offensive line among the top in the country. And defensively, I think that's where you're going to see Bama really thrive. You know, the last uh, five years, they've had five returning starters or less coming back on defense. This year they've got eight starters back on defense. So they're actually going to have a pretty good defense. Uh, it's, they haven't had one of those top five, top ten defenses in the last couple of years. But I think you'll see it this year. And, uh, you know, for me, the schedule, their toughest game is at Texas A&M. That's going to be the key to winning the West and getting back to the playoff this year. Yeah, I keep saying that game, whoever settles down quicker at quarterback, whether it's Bryce Young or whoever wins the A&M quarterback battle. Granted, it'll be home, and I think College Station's going to be a sold-out stadium that day, and we'll see uh, We'll see how loud it is at Kyle Field, but that, that game is going to be a big one. Um, in my mind, Phil, there's kind of this second tier of teams. Bama and Georgia, I put in the first tier, and then you've kind of got a Texas A&M, Florida, LSU. Of that group, who do you think could be most primed to possibly jump into the playoff picture this year? Yeah, I, I think it's definitely Texas A&M, and I would put Texas A&M into that first tier. Uh, when when I talked to Coach Jimbo Fisher uh, last year, uh, towards the end of the year, I was going over the Joe Moore Award, uh, uh, over his offensive line with him for the Joe Moore Award, and uh, he was telling me that despite the, as good as Texas A&M's offensive line was last year with uh, the five returning starters, he said, Phil, we're going to lose four starting offensive linemen, but we're going to be more athletic, We'll probably have more NFL prospects. This may even be a better offensive line this year. And they get to play six games prior to playing Alabama. So the offensive line will have plenty of time uh, to get in shape prior to that game. Haynes King, I think, wins the starting job this year. Very athletic quarterback, dangerous passer. And I think he could put up Kalamon-type stats. And you look in the backfield, Isaiah Spiller and the chain, those two guys lead my number one set of running backs in the country. Uh, the receiving core, I rate number five in the country with Jalen Weidemeyer at the tight end. And remember last year, they lost all their wide receivers heading into the year. They were very inexperienced. They're all back this year. Defensively, they have my number uh, six-rated defensive line, number six-rated secondary. All eight units rank in my top units. And really, they've got, well, actually, it's five games prior to playing Alabama. Alabama's the sixth game this year. But if they're ready, College Station, and, you know, you look at last year's game, they lost by 28 points, so you think they were blown out. It was really a play here, a play there. Remember right before the half, they were threatening to make it a one-score game, and they got stopped on fourth down, then Bama scores again. Uh, but they had a couple of missed opportunities, a couple of key drop passes, a couple of fourth-down stops. I think A&M gives them a game this year. 
So on that note, real quick, Phil, how much do you think, I mean, it's going to be great to have packed stadiums back. It seems like a lot of schools are, are resuming back and saying we're going to be you know, full go 100%, but will that play a factor again, the home field advantage, having the crowds? Because it just didn't seem to be a very big factor last year. Yes, and I think it's going to be maybe even a bigger factor than before. Remember, if you watched the A&M Florida game last year, uh, A&M had, what, 30,000 people? Yeah. It sounded like a full stadium because they were just so excited to be in the stadium watching a football game, and I think we're going to see that passion come out from all college football fans this year. We may even see a bigger home field advantage than teams had in 2019 just due to the fact there's a lot of pent-up uh, fans that, that just missed out on last year. Yeah, it just meant none of the craziness we're seeing of uh, fans running on the court in the NBA and all this other foolishness that's happening out there. More with Phil Steele right after this. Built Bar, still the best-tasting protein bar out there, and they've got a limited-time flavor for you right now. It is the Built Grasshopper Cookie. It's available this week only. You can get the new Built Bar flavor, Grasshopper Cookie, what does it taste like? Well, it is Bilt Bar's version of the classic Thin Mint cookie. All the flavor without all that sugar. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 5 grams of sugar. Trust me, I was a little skeptical when I heard about the, the name of the flavor, but forget the word grasshopper. It, it tastes just like a Thin Mint cookie, and it is delicious. You want to try it today. Go check them out at BiltBar.com. Of course, they've got their nine other delicious flavors as well. If you want to get in on the limited time, though, the Grasshopper Cookie, only available, I think it ends today. So go check it out. You can get that or the raspberry or whatever you like at Built.com. That's right, just Built.com. Don't even have to go to BuiltBar.com anymore. They've shortened it for you. And you can use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And you will get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Try that Grasshopper Cookie. It's awesome. We're talking with the great Phil Steele, of course. His, uh, Phil Steele's college football preview guide is out on the newsstands now, and you can get a digital copy at philsteele.com. Phil, one team that really intrigues me this year is Ole Miss. Um, Lane Kiffin there obviously brings the excitement. They bring back one of the best quarterbacks in the country and Matt Corral, but that defense was so bad last year. Is there any possibility that defense gets better this year? Definitely. And, and you look at the fact that you know, here was a first-year head coach last year, and uh, the one thing, as I mentioned last year, talking to first-year head coaches that didn't have the benefit of spring practice, uh, they barely knew their team heading into into the fall. And then, of course, there was disrupted schedules, uh, you know, players missing games due to COVID, et cetera. Uh, this year, Ole Miss goes from being inexperienced, learning a new scheme, and only having five starters back to being in the second year of the system and having nine starters back. So they're, they're a lot better on the defensive side of the ball. Now, they're not going to be a top 20 defense, a top 30 defense, but they are going to be a lot better. And to go along with that offense, I mean, Ole Miss's offense puts a scare into anybody. All you have to do is go back and look at the Alabama game, which was 42-42 in the fourth quarter, and that was an Alabama team that pretty much crushed everybody all year long. I don't think anybody wants to play Ole Miss this year with uh, Matt Corral their outstanding running backs, uh, the receiving core. They do lose Elijah Moore and Yaboa, but they still have some a lot of talent there, and the offensive line is solid. So with an improved defense, I think they have a puncher's chance in almost every game. 
the Mike Leach saga at Mississippi State just continues to intrigue me so much. And I, I guess this is a kind of a make or break year. Do, you know, is the air raid going? Is you know the open up offense going to work in the SEC or is it not? Because we saw it work against LSU in Week One last year, and we know how bad LSU's defense ended up being. But at the end of the year, we look back and Mississippi State finished dead last in the SEC West. Is this the year for Mike Leach that you know maybe they take that step forward? You know, and, and Chris, I'll tell you what, last year in the magazine, I, I said, well, okay, you have a first-year head coach. Mississippi State basically ran the ball 75% of the time last year. Now they're going to throw the ball 80% of the time, and you're making that type of switch with no spring practice. This offense is going to struggle and struggle all year was my assessment. And then watching that LSU game where LSU never came out of man-to-man defense. They played straight man all game and got toasted. 44 points, 700 yards offense. I was like, damn, I was way off. And then Mississippi State's offense reverted to form as teams played more zone the rest of the year against them. And uh, they really struggled for the majority of the rest of the year until uh, they put some points on Missouri at the end of the season. Now, it's the second year for Mike Leach, so the second year of the blocking schemes. They've got two capable quarterbacks. Will Rogers took over a quarterback in the second half of last year. And they brought in Jack Abraham from Southern Miss. And Jack Abraham impressed me in the spring. He had a very good spring game. So they've got some talent there on the offense. Yes, the offense will be improved. Not up to that LSU level. I think teams realize playing man-to-man, straight man-to-man the entire game is not the way to go. Um, but uh, in defense, there was nothing wrong with that Mississippi State defense last year. Yeah, uh, They kept them in a bunch of the games. So I, th- I think they're, they're definitely an improved team this year. They made my most improved list. Of the new coaches in the SEC, Josh Heupel, uh, Shane Beamer, Clark Lee, Brian Harson, who in your mind hits the ground running fastest? Uh, I feel the one that's going to come out with the best record this year is going to be Brian Harson of Auburn. And uh, they do have a tough schedule. I mean, they have to play Penn State on the road, LSU on the road, Texas A&M on the road, and Alabama at home. So those are four games that are clearly going to be an underdog in. They also host Georgia to be an underdog there. So it'll probably be an underdog in five games this year. But they've got 15 returning starters coming back. They're not making drastic changes. They do have Bo Nix back at QB. Tank Bigsby back at running back is big. I thought when he got injured late in the year last year, that had a big effect on the offense. The uh, offensive line looks solid. They've got one of the better linebacking cores in the country with Popo and McLean. Uh, the secondary is solid. In fact, seven of the units rank in my top units. So despite the tough schedule, I think of those uh, four head coaches, they probably end up with the best record. Talking with Phil Steele, of course, uh, philsteele.com, the magazine on newsstands now. The the two teams that intrigue me most, Phil, especially in the East, Missouri and Kentucky, Eli Drinkwitz, I think, surprised a lot of people, you know, winning some games maybe people didn't think they should have won last year. And then Kentucky, uh, Mark Stoops just continues to do a tremendous job of churning this thing forward, always has good defense. But now, lo and behold, Phil, they step into the 21st century. They're going to actually throw the ball and have a quarterback now. Uh, could Miss- Missouri or Kentucky play spoiler this year in the East? Yeah, I think both have that capability. And you look at Missouri, they had a uh, first-year head coach last year, so you figured they would struggle. And I thought getting a 5-5 five and five was an excellent job for Eli Drinkwitz. And, uh, you know, talking to Coach Drinkwitz this spring and going over the team with them, I said, well, what about Connor Bazelak? I mean, seven touchdowns, six interceptions for an entire season. And he said that was partially the play calling. When they got inside the red zone, uh, he got very conservative with the first-year freshman quarterback and opted to run the football more, and he says this year he's going to let Connor throw the football. So you're going to see a lot more touchdown passes out of Connor. If you're a fantasy football player and you're concerned about that seven touchdown passes, 
don't be. He's going to throw a lot more this year, and he's got his top receiver back in Kiki Chisholm as well. And then defensively, they've got good talent throughout. So I think Missouri's a team that's capable of being entering into the mix there with the Floridas and the Kentuckys. And Kentucky, I would say last year was very disappointing, a 5-6 and six disappointing year, as you touched on. They couldn't really throw the football. Now, Will Levis was known more of a running quarterback at Penn State, but I think he is going to come in and give them a pass game. They've got a brand-new coordinator in Liam Cohn coming in, and I think he does a good job, and I like the addition of Wandale Robinson. He was a star at Nebraska, a star return man receiver, and he's going to do that here. So if you got uh, Wandale Robinson out at the receiver spot with Josh Ali, uh, you got to utilize these guys. And I don't care if you, you run them on fly sweeps, you got to get these guys into the game. Defensively, they've got good talent in that defensive front seven. Uh, I think Kentucky will make uh, major strides this year. PhilSteel.com, of course, the website, and as we mentioned, the magazine on newsstands. Now, the best part about the website, Phil, in my mind, are Phil's weekly picks where you get write-ups on every game. Uh, let our listeners know what they can find up at the website. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's uh, Phil Steel Plus you can get on the website too, which is like getting the magazine updated every week. We give you the team pages, and they're color-coded red and green. Green for good numbers, red for bad numbers. So you can see at a glance hey, they've got a weak rush defense, or hey, they've got a great pass offense. And uh, it just uh, jumps right out at you uh, on the uh, on the website. But uh, the magazine is available this year, just to save your listeners a little bit of gas money, only at Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. So those are the only two locations that have them, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, but they've got plenty of copies that are out there now. Or you can go to the website, which is philsteel.com, to order the magazine. Phil, great stuff, man. You do a tremendous job. Great to catch up with you, and uh, we'll be grabbing that that uh, magazine right right today. I'll be heading over to the bookstore. Thanks so much for your time. Hey, thank you, Chris. A lot of fun talking football with you today. Absolutely. Great to have it back. Thanks, Phil. All right, thanks. All right, that is just about going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. My thanks to Phil Steele for joining us. We'll be back next week getting you guys ramped up for SEC Media Days. We'll have tons of coverage, tons of interviews and all of that stuff, we will have you covered here on Locked on SEC. Appreciate you guys for listening. Subscribe if you haven't done so yet. And you get any episode you missed wherever you find your podcast. Just search Locked on SEC. And if you don't want to do that, just go to LockedOnSEC.com. Very easy to find us. A quick reminder, on our way out, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you guys next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.